I'm Dave Gray, and this week I learned it doesn't matter what you do, Godzilla is inevitable. I'm Tyler Hosley, and this week I got my second Halloween Ends tattoo, guys. My second one. Yay? Fuck yeah. Yay! I'm Kevin Matthews, and this week I... Um, I, I basically got worn down by the state of modern horror movies in our cinemas. <sighs> and this is Raiders of the Podcast. Yay. yay. <laughs> I mean, that's just, they can't yay after that. Well, like the more obvious uh, mainstream choices at the cinema. So filling in uh, some gaps I had time for. Uh, before the month of Halloween ended, meant that I watched Five Nights at Freddy's. It's not good. Uh, I get that there's more to it for fans of the game. I'm not surprised it's doing big business and proving to be a hit for what it is. But it's not a good horror movie. Um, It's just, like, it's really quite depressingly bad how, how I, dare you well, you watch josh hutcherson sleep for 40 minutes i, I mean, like what's josh more hutcherson. horrific than that like that's one of the least problematic parts of it he, I, he does nothing but sleep that's like the so worst protagonist ways. ever there were so many ways they could have tweaked that and improved it and and still had whatever lore they want through it and just like if you if you're doing that kind of film, you either have to make it a full blooded horror or you have to make it fun. Other films have already come out riffing on Five Nights at Freddy's that have gone for the fun, and this does neither. It's it's just disappointing. Uh, but it's okay because then I sat through The Exorcist Believer, and the only person that I know that liked this film is a co-host on our podcast, damn it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, I actively hated this for almost all of the runtime. The only person I liked in it was the father figure, played by Leslie Odom Jr. Um, the, the young girls are okay doing what they're given to do, and that involves a lot of, you know, physicality in the performances but if you saw the trailer for this film and thought the makers of it were just saying oh the exorcist was scary and had one young girl being possessed imagine how much scarier it can be with two young girls being possessed then that's exactly what the film does there's no escalation young girls go into the woods and come out looking like yeah, they're about to tell you that your mother knit socks in hell. And it's just awful. And the the references to the original I mean Burston has said she did it for like they just came back to her with a bigger offer of money. So Yay. I hope she puts that use. Yeah. Um but you even it, Ellen. Take take well, that fucking payday. This is one time I would have loved to be in a cinema with you, Dave, 
And I would just, I wouldn't be watching a film. I'd just be watching your rage vein throbbing. <laughs> and like, as the car pulls up, as, as you know, he's going to meet a certain someone. The music starts to just coyly put in some of the tubular bells notes, but not the full notes because it's creeping up to it. And I could just imagine you exploding with rage. Yeah, I can and see I, that. Yeah. That's that's why I haven't seen it. I want to live. But you found something to enjoy in it, didn't you, T? I did. I uh I did not hate it like the rest of the fucking population. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like William Friedkin levels of good, but I just didn't think it was as bad as it's being portrayed as. But hey, I'm different, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What, what do I know? But I thought it was okay. Though. I, I thought the cast was good. I thought both girls were really good. Like I had no problem with the cast. I thought both girls were good. I thought the uh, the main guy, what's his name? Um, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Yes, I thought he was father. good. Yeah, and I really yeah. liked the opening. I thought that opening earthquake scene was really fucking good. Like I, that really surprised me how good that opening was. But I mean. Possession movies I can take or leave for the most part. That's not in the Exorcist franchise. Like I love the last Exorcism. I love stuff like that. But um, the best one is the Exorcist, and I would put this like I would. I don't know. I would still rank it above three. I know a lot of people think that's blasphemy, but I still like it better than three. So I don't know. I mean, I would still rank this below two. Yeah. That's this Ooh. is a new worst in the series because two at least takes Has a massive James Earl swipe. Jones yeah. in that cricket suit. I fucking love that cricket suit. I fucking um, but, love that cricket suit. <laughs> but you did remind me of the opening scene. and I I will begrudgingly admit that. Yeah, I when that bit played out, I thought, okay, maybe I've um, you know come into this expecting the worst, and it's not going to be the worst, and then it was continually the worst for the next like 90 to 100 minutes but yeah that that opening was the the best part for me the rest just just awful awful but there were um uh, highlights and the other new uh, horror movies i saw were i got along to see suitable flesh and I really liked Suitable Flesh. It's uh, directed by Joe Lynch, written by Dennis Paoli. And it feels like a Stuart Gordon movie in many ways, because it was um, going to be a Stuart Gordon movie at some point. I think they kept trying to get made. But it is a little bit tamer than, the I I think, the material as it would have been delivered by Stuart Run. But it's very good, loosely based on The Thing on the Doorstep by H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, Heather Graham's a lot of fun in it. Barbara Crampton is uh, there in a supporting role, and she's, you know, as good as ever. And there's a young lad in there, Judah Lewis, who does well. And a couple of great scenes for Bruce Davison, uh, a.k.a. Willard. Is it Willard or is that the name of the rat? No, he was Willard, wasn't he? No, Willard. He was Willard. The rat was Ben. No. Of course. I think in the first one, the rat might have been Willard also. Because it's a different rat. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's Willard is the rat in one and Ben is the rat in two. But is he also called Willard? Um, No, no, no. His character is, um, I will think of it. I I will think of it. But it's Bruce Davis anyway. So he's good uh, for a couple of scenes. And online on Shudder, I saw When Evil Works, which is great, uh, from the director of Terrified which is very, very good. And this is on par with it. It's a it's a different kind of horror. Um it's more about the the sort of the shock and the building dread of of not being able to escape a growing I'm going to refer to it as a curse. It's it's really good. So it lived up to the hype. And then I also watched the latest Hell House LLC movie. Uh, why why was there more than one of those? I like them. I like them all. And I like this one a lot too. I think it's the Carmichael Manor. Um Yeah, it it was great. And I'm easily creeped out by freaky looking clowns because I'm a normal person. Um, two and three and, were so painful. I really liked them. I, oh my god, I they just, were so navel gazy bullshit. I just thought they executed the scares really well and kept me tense throughout. Um, oh, like anyway. if you didn't, if you didn't like those, you're not going to like the origins one. But oh, of it's course a not. Good thing. Uh, sorry, the, the the guy was Willard. The rat was Socrates. I I don't know why oh. I brain farted on that, but yeah. <sighs> I'm just happy that he was actually Willard. Um, I think that's me. I've started my November already. Um, watched a, a film called Pushover with Fred McMurray and Kim Novak. That was good. Watched Jagged Edge. Have you guys seen Jagged Edge? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's. I mean, I enjoyed it, but a lot of people comment on it basically being a bit of a forerunner to Basic Instinct. And, I mean, I can see elements that are woven through it that uh, writer Joe Esterhaz would sort of use repeatedly. But I did expect something a little bit, I don't know, I thought it might be a bit raunchier or a little bit sleazier. It's kind of enjoyable, slick, neo-noir entertainment with without any surprises. Uh, I don't know if that's just because I've seen the rest of Esther Hazy's work since, or if it's just really pretty by the number of stuff, but it's that kind of pulp hidden behind some really notable leads. Because, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think of Glenn Close and Jeff Bridges in this kind of thing at this time. I don't know if it was before or after Fatal Attraction, though. It's 85, isn't it? Before It's before Fatal Attraction, like, a few years, isn't it? Yeah, was it Fatal, Fatal Attraction? It was, like, 90, 80, right? 87, I thought. Or I could be wrong. All right, well, I'm going to uh, check okay. now. Because, it, yeah, well, it, it was before that. Oh, 87, you're right. Yeah. Well, that's right. Like, I... I don't, I don't know because I didn't sort of really get the big deal at the time, but it it feels like it was a sort of film that was that maybe played out as more of a surprise to audiences then 
because of close and bridges in those main roles. And they, and they do well, and Peter Coote is uh, a lot of fun in his role. There's a good uh, smattering of familiar faces in the supporting cast, and Robert Logia has a, a great role. So I enjoyed it. I just, um, you know, considering the court case that involves, I thought it was going to be a standard, like, picking over the the bones kind of deal, where embarrassing details would out and people would be getting too close to one another in every other scene. But it's surprisingly restrained. And that's me. I uh, I tried to fit in a couple more horror films before the end of October. I watched Children of the Corn 5, which is awful. Um, <laughs> why, why did you just pick that one? I have no idea. But I watched two Children <laughs> of the Corn movies this week. Um, the best thing about that is Eva Mendez playing like a, what, 17? When she's, uh, clearly, she's clearly 25. I mean, she is just gorgeous in that movie. That's why you picked that one. It is. I love Eva Mendez, but... Uh, She's clearly not a teenager in that movie, but no one is. I think, uh, what's his name was in there too? Um, Alexis Arquette, and he's like the jokester of the movie. He's actually okay in it too. The, the movie's just awful, though. It's really boring. Um, and I followed that up with Children of the Corn Runaway, which is actually not terrible. Um, it's honestly pretty decent. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's nothing amazing, but in a series where almost none of the movies are actually good, it's watchable. And it's directed by John Gulliger, who I like. But uh, it's a lot better than any of the previous sequels. So, not terrible. Uh, I watched Five Nights at Freddy's as well. I was not a fan. Uh, I know absolutely nothing about the game, so maybe I'm not the target audience for it, clearly. But uh, I try to view it as just like a kid-friendly horror movie, and even with that, it's still pretty boring. Uh, Willy's Wonderland did it so much better and I wasn't even really a fan of Willy's Wonderland. It was, it's just kind of okay. But, um, if you're looking for like the killer animatronics and a fucking Chuck E. Cheese type pizzeria, go with Willy's Wonderland. It's definitely better than Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, I did like seeing Matthew Lillard though, because anything, anytime I see Matthew Lillard pop up, that's just awesome. But, um, but yeah, that's me. Oh, and Mary Stuart Masterson. Well, you might not yeah. she, was, but... she was in like three scenes. She had four lines. I don't really yeah. think you feel she can count as like in it. She was like, she drove by the studio one day and they just had her say some lines real quick. I was still pleased to see her, but yeah, it would have been. Well, I say I would have liked to see more of her, but actually that whole subplot could have been excised and I would have been a lot happier. So it's, it's a bit... Uh, Yin and Yang. I mean, all the subplots could have been exercised, and the cop could have actually said something about what was going on over the five days, or they could have had, you know, Josh Hutcherson's character not be a total wet blanket, desperate for stupid sleep and dreams, because that's that's not how memory works, Josh. Uh, If you hadn't guessed, I also watched Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, That really wasted Matthew Lillard, didn't it? Yep. How how do you... how does a child fucking serial killer not be scary? And, and he's in a giant fucking rabbit mech suit. How do you fail to make that scary? By giving it less than three minutes of screen time. Yeah, it sucked. 
like I, I get that there were enough references to make the game fans happy, but like as a movie on its own, it was not good. It wasn't well made. It was terribly written. And you know, the, you know, the, the cast was the cast was fine. I guess I, I really wish they were given something stronger, or if there was actually you know some evil animatronic. How the fuck do you like remove the thing the game is known for for the vast majority of the runtime? Willy's Wonderland was a way better FNAF movie. I still need a Willy's t-shirt. Uh, what else? Okay, I also watched uh, Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit, which I love. Ovs, who doesn't love Ardenmen? Slash Lorette Party, which sucked. It's kind of like one of those uh, old 80s throwback straight-to-video jiggle type of slashers. Uh, it sucked. Just, it, it sucked. SX Tape, which also sucked. Teen Lust, which also sucked, but had Carrie Elwes in an okay role as a satanic cult leader. Uh, I found all three of these doing roulette on Prime, so it's not like I was I was looking for pervy slasher movies. I just happened to find them. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> I kept doing those weird runs, like. At the beginning of the month, I watched all those reality TV parody horror movies, which, whatever. Uh, oh, oh, and I finished those up with Matched, a jilted woman online catfishes a buff guy. It Amazon called it a cerebral character piece about the darker sides of modern society, but guess what? That's not what it was. It was just suck. Uh, I kicked off my Halloween with, or I ended my October run with Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I've said it before. I will say it again. People will look at me funny when I say this, but Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is the best, most interesting entry in that franchise since Carpenter's original. Said it. And uh, you're welcome to disagree. You're wrong, but you're welcome to disagree. And I capped off my October with The Blackening, uh, which I... Really enjoyed. So, yay. Uh, Then to wash the taste of horror movies out of my mouth, I cracked open my Philo Vance murder case collection, which is the the Warner Brothers Philo Vance movies from the 1930s. I watched their first one is the Bishop murder case where Vance is played by Basil Rathbone, and it sucks. Uh, Vance is a tough character who's really only of note because of things that aren't in the 19... 30s movies mainly the fact that he is very uh queer coded which is is unique for his time period and as a detective character um but of course that doesn't come through so the only actor that really makes it work is William Powell who is not in this set because he did the Paramount Philo Vance series not the Warner Brothers so that's that's fun. I now have the set full of movies that I just, you know, not really big on. Uh, but anyway, uh, Criterion updated with a bunch of stuff that I've kind of been uh, rolling around in. I watched The Sting, the 1973 uh, drama comedy, Con Caper. Uh, I love that movie. That movie is just so much fun. It's it's probably my favorite uh, Redford Paul Newman film. Robert Shaw is great in it. Charles Durning, uh, all excellent 
it's always good to see Eileen Brennan. So good one. Great one. Big fan. Thumbs up. Then I went for some pre-code ladies. I watched The Divorcee, which stars Norma Shearer. Uh, and that was okay. Like, Shearer is a, a joy to watch. I don't think the movie is great, but it does some interesting things that, you know, would soon be forbidden for decades to come. And I watched Babyface with uh, Barbara Stanwyck and uh, a short appearance of a very young John Wayne about a woman who... Uh, basically uses her sexuality to manipulate men at a bank and work her way up the corporate ladder. I really liked it. It was kind of great. This was the original cut. Um, apparently shortly after this came out, the production code got enforced within, um, when did the production code get enforced? 1934, I think, uh, when they really started to enforce it, even though it was passed in like 27, um, and this movie came out in like late 33. So they, they pulled it, they cut it up, they changed the ending. So she'd have to be, you know, miserable at the end because God forbid a woman use her sexuality to succeed. And, uh, but this was the unedited version, which was considered lost until just a few years ago. Uh, if you got Criterion, it is well worth looking up. I enjoyed it. Stanwick is great. And it's, it's nice to see that kind of character, not just survive, but but thrive by the end. Sure, it has some dated issues, but it's, it's worth looking up if you're curious. This week, we watched... Man, we watched... The 2004 Greek drama film, Hardcore, and the 1999 American drama crime film, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. Uh... I'm going to go first. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to fall on the sword and I'm going to go with hardcore. Um, just to make T happy. Cause what I have to say about it won't make him happy. <laughs> Sorry in advance. Uh, leaving. That is okay. Uh, two young girls working in a brothel start a relationship and Absolutely ridiculous things happen. I mean, that's that's kind of the only way to really sum it up, because uh, first off, the girls in this are, are ridiculously young. I, I think the movie takes place over about a year and a half, two years. And at the beginning, they're supposed to be 15 and 16. The actresses are both like 27, though. So. uh it's it's bad. Don't get me wrong. I think the 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 lead is actually pretty good. The lead is and and narrator is um, Martha, played by Katerina Tzvazalo. I totally butchered that, and I am so sorry. I think she gives a, a very dedicated performance. Um, the problem is the focus of the narrator narrative is uh her girlfriend nandia played by uh Donne scotty and um nandia is kind of a nothing character that everybody falls all over themselves for but she doesn't have the 
charisma she needs. She doesn't have the animal magnetism. So when folks are like killing people for her or like bending over backwards to make sure this 17 year old hooker becomes the biggest thing on the Greek pop culture, it doesn't really make any sense. Uh, there's some nice shots in it. The The script is bad. The, the script is very bad. And the rest of the cast outside of the two leads are a mixed bag at best. Uh, some of them don't even really get to speak. And that's probably for the best. And this is really where this movie kind of fails for me. It's not a character study because they don't let either of them be a character. It's a story about one girl obsessed with another, but her obsession doesn't really land for me as a viewer when it really needs to. Uh, I need to understand why all these people are doing these things for this girl. And I just don't. So instead we have this not, it's not very salacious. It's not very, you know, it's not like an erotically driven film. It's just, it's a very sterile, tedious kind of crime fame seeking movie. Um, I just, I get what they're going for. And I think maybe this could have worked given a stronger script. Um, I, I, I will say I've seen the actresses and other things and, and they're, they're both still working today and they can be very good. Uh, I just don't think this film shows anybody in to the best of their ability. It's it's not very well directed. It's not it's not well shot. It's just kind of there. Uh, we've watched a lot of movies that cover the same ground, and to me, this is a very lesser one. The only reason why this is even notable is because they're speaking Greek instead of English, or uh, I, th I think didn't we watch two Ukrainian ones? kind of cover the similar ground yeah yeah so i mean that's like literally the only the only thing that makes this worth commenting on is it it's greek but it's just kind of soulless and dull well dave i am impressed by your restraints um I think somewhere in the back of your mind, you know that one day you may accidentally see the exorcist believer and you're already trying to control your rage in advance. So I, <laughs> no, I like this. See, the thing is, there's no reason. Like, I can't get upset at this because it doesn't do anything worth getting obsessed over. Like, it's not it's not like an offensive. It's not offensive. It's not challenging. It's not aggravating. It's just there. I mean, all those things are true, but that doesn't always affect your rage levels. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes, <laughs> hey, I'm just happy not to be watching horror movies. Okay? It was a bad challenge. Fair enough. Uh, I tend to agree with everything that, that David said. Um, I haven't seen the actresses and other things that I'm aware of, but I'll, I'll take your word for it that they can do all... Like, they're not terrible here. They're not. They just... Um, generally have to work with a script that that it sort of starts off feeling as if it's going to be this gritty grounded bit of realism set in this world of you know sex for cash young women stuck there 
and then there are moments where it sort of whirls into this more fanciful crime thriller style and and then there are moments again where it focuses on the connection mainly between the two young women but also as other characters in there it's very it's, it's very unfocused it doesn't have any real i think commitment to any kind of point that it wants to make I think it's muddled. I think it shies away from where it could be more effective. It's uh, interesting that the director, Dennis Eliadis, has done other movies that I've enjoyed. Uh, I'm pretty sure T also likes The Last House on the Left remake, unless I I misremembered. I do. Uh, I've also seen He's Out There that he directed that I thought was okay. There's a film called Plus One, which is now listed as Shadow Walkers on IMDb. That's a that's a cool little film. He's done our stuff. I've enjoyed our stuff. It's quite telling that the co-writer on this, Alec Alaskew, uh, has only done this. So I think that really sums up potentially where the, the biggest failing is. Um it it just just doesn't work. You know, it's either either waiting to jump to a moment where things can be cool or it's mishandling some of the potentially more serious elements because I there's no real there's no real point to them. doesn't do this. As Dave said, we've seen a lot of films like this. We've seen quite a few better films in this vein, all of them from Tyler. So it's just, uh, you know, not only are we weighing this up against films that we watch, but we have seen a lot of them by now that we can, you know, we can really compare them against certain films like it. And this this really falls down. I know you'll have picked it because you like it, T, and we love you anyway. Just, yeah, I think this is a, a real misstep in any direction that it tries to go. So it just didn't work for me. I didn't, I didn't hate it. And as we say too many times on this podcast, we've seen much worse. <laughs> but it just, I mean, it, it kind of felt, just quite flat and dull for the most part. And with this material, I don't think it should be feeling that way. Like, that shouldn't be the way you feel by the time it ends. I just felt as if I'd flatlined through the film. That's me. I mean, yeah. I mean, to the surprise of nobody, I'm actually quite the fan of this movie. Uh, like like you guys said, though, uh, we've seen this before. Uh, hookers with ambition, lesbian sex workers finding solace with one another. Um, there's some murder and some nudity. It's a Tyler pick about lesbian hookers, guys. Did you expect anything else from me? Um, like I said, though, I, I do really I, like this movie I expected a lot. a lot more drug use. That was That was surprising. True, but there is drug use in this as well, but just not tons. But uh, I do really like this movie a lot. It's it's very music video in terms of editing and style, which which I really like. I, I love that random 
90210 parody they had in the middle. That was fucking hilarious. And just so fucking spot on to the openings of all those 90s primetime teen soaps. I, I, I love that little sequence. It didn't need to be in this fucking movie, but it was just hilarious that it was in there. Um, I thought the two girls were great. Uh, they both really did have some solid chemistry together, and they played off each other really well, I thought. You guys didn't mention this, but you did mention it during chat. So I personally liked the the reworking of Dancing Queen. Oh, God, I'd wiped that from my mind. <laughs> I, I can't stand ABBA. Like, I really don't like ABBA. So when I don't have to actually listen to ABBA, I'm good. So give me a cover of Dancing Queen any day of the week. Um, I did like that whole sequence, though. I thought it was really done. I thought that that Dancing Queen cover was actually pretty fun um this, this, actually, this is that we're going we're going to lose like two more of our three subscribers <laughs> now Tyler. thanks thanks hey. for shitting on abba <laughs> it's not my fault abba sucks okay <laughs> um this would actually make a great double feature with phase moi another all-time favorite of mine that i've made you guys watch um this isn't a rape revenge film and that film is way more graphic in terms of on-screen sex but uh they both have a very similar gritty vibe and feel that just they kind of match each other and play off each other really well especially when the murders start to happen and it's portrayal of sex workers i just i, I remember buying the dvd of this from a closing down hollywood video back back in the day and when i saw that the dude that directed this was directing the last house on the left remake i was pretty stoked i did i love that last house on the left remake too i hope we can uh, discuss that one day in the future but um but yeah i uh i dig the director's style i've liked all the movies he's made thus far i thought plus one was great uh great little like teen time travel sci-fi film it's really good um but yeah i like hardcore i i can see why some wouldn't it is tedious in its execution but i am a fan of this movie so yeah i, I dig it ghost dog the way of the samurai uh which is about an african-american mafia hitman who modeled himself after the samurai of old finds who targeted himself by the death by the mob um yeah this this movie is a fucking masterpiece far and away my favorite film from jim jarmusch and that's not saying i don't like a lot of his stuff because i do um i still don't forgive him for the dead don't die and making me hate a movie with chloe sevigny in it but after i watch this i can't forgive him this movie man uh, his films always have this slow deliberate pace and while this is no different it's still the most like action-packed film he's made just in terms of his filmography. It's so fucking chill. It's almost like a meditation on the code of the samurai, but with an urban hip-hop backdrop and a score by RZA, which, by the way, is fucking amazing. I love this score. Um, soundtrack is really fucking good, too. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is incredible in the role. I could legit watch this character practice with his sword and chill with pigeons while listening to hip hop up on that rooftop for the entire goddamn running time. And I'd still shower this movie in praise. Dude is just so fucking good in this movie. I love how the mob is portrayed here, too. Not the typical portrayal, definitely goofier than like you'd see in something from Scorsese. But uh, they work so well within the tone of this movie. I love the dialogue and all the monologues from Ghost Dog. That final shootout is fucking awesome. Yeah, this is 
such a great film, you guys. I mean, the Blu-ray of this comes with its own Samurai Code booklet, which is amazing. But seriously, if you haven't picked up the Criterion Blue, grab it. It's amazing stuff, as is this entire film. So yeah, Ghost Dog is just wonderful, wonderful stuff. You want to notice on this watch that I hadn't noticed before? What? So when he steals the clothes, do you notice? Do you know what the club they come out of is called? No. Liquid Swords. Oh shit! I never. I've seen this movie like six times, and I've never noticed that before. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I like Ghost Dog. I I don't I don't love it. I have some nitpicky qualms with some things. Uh, like the choice to have. Well, first off, I I've spoken openly of my love of uh, Le Samurai so much that I've made you guys watch it a couple years ago. There's a, another movie called Branded to Kill, which is also almost exactly like these two movies uh, that I love. And of the three, Ghost Dog is the lesser. Uh, I really like Forrest Whitaker is excellent. The soundtrack is fantastic in the Criterion disc and on the criterion channel right now they have a version that is just the isolated soundtrack and it is like amazing that they got uh rizzas i mean it's a fantastic soundtrack uh the cast is really good i i absolutely uh love um, all, all the mobsters, cause I mean, they, they are a joke. They are goofy, especially the, the boss, but, um, uh, John Tormey as Louis is excellent. Uh, I love Isaac de Bancole. I so butchered that. I am so sorry, man. I, I am, a t- it's, I, it's Ivorian and I just. And for, and I just, I can't, I can't speak anything besides like basic English. And even then I get names wrong all the time uh, as Raymond. I love him. I love their relationship. I, I, the action scenes in this are great. Uh, the, the violence in it is fantastic. I love the attack on the compound. Uh, I, I just, I love so much of this. Uh, and then there are all the things I, I, I hate <laughs> the things I absolutely hate. Um, the book he keeps looking at is called, um, I'm, I'm going to say it wrong. The Hagakure. And, um, I hate the Hagakure for in any of those Bushido and books about samurais, Personally, I'm a big fan of the Book of Five Rings by uh, Miyamoto Musashi. I don't like Hagakure because of what it is. It's written by someone who lived a safe life and was never a warrior who was obsessed with death. And it's been used as propaganda for Japanese military for years. It, it's very proto-fascist. Um, Kagakure, the, the, the man who wrote the Hagakure was um, Yamamoto Tetsumono, Tetsumo, Tetsutomo. I'm sorry. Like again, I'm terrible with names. And he was, uh, he was a clerk. And then, uh, he was a a Zen priest who who never fought. He never faced death or anything. 
Uh, a lot of his shit is just like fanatical devotion that isn't right or earned uh, because he was just a rich kid in the upper class by the time the samurai had settled down instead of being like a way of life into just being fucking rich kids. Uh, his book is was used uh, a lot by the Empire of Japan during the Pacific War to uh, really drive home the brainwashing of uh, kamikaze fighters and, and others. So I, I have issues with it, especially when they focus on his whole let's rush in and die thing. It kind of really undercuts the whole the, the samurai thing as a whole. Granted, it was kind of part of it, but not really. It's in I guess that does connect to Ghost Dog as a character, being a tangential, you know, doing it but not. But you know, I'm just more of a fan of Miyamoto, and that's basically what it comes down to. The Book of the Five Rings is excellent, uh, but the Hagakure does have a line talking about uh, cutting a man's face and pissing on it so the skin falls off. Which might be the best poem ever written in Japanese. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm not a fan of his, his, uh, what he based his philosophy on, which I know that that's some hardcore nerd shit right there, but just for me, I would have liked to have seen a more rounded samurai. That's all. I really like this movie a lot. I don't love it. I wish I loved it. But the constant spewing of, of lines from that, that book really hurts it for me because they're goofy. Anybody that thought the 47 Ronin weren't awesome, like the author of the Hagakore, uh, he actually spends pages talking about how they should have just rushed into their death instead of plotting amazing revenge that's remembered centuries later is probably not somebody worth listening to. I know I totally went off topic because Ghost Dog is great and you should watch Ghost Dog. And I just didn't want to say that a lot. I wanted to talk about something else. Focus on something I could deep dive into. So a lot of people go, oh, my God, shut the fuck up, Dave. And I did. Yay me. Um... I have a question, first of all. Sure. Um, question for myself is, uh, why had I accidentally muted my microphone when I was jokingly saying, shut the fuck up, Dave? <laughs> but, <laughs> damn it. Um, but a question about the film. <sighs> Are there supposed to be subtitles when Raymond is talking? Yeah, well, there there was on my Criterion. Yep, same. God damn it. Oh, there is. He says the exact same thing Ghost Dog says to him. Because it, well, it really, just, it illustrates how in sync they are despite not speaking the same language. I love their relationship. Right, okay. Um, I only found this out after, so I'd watched the film, and then I, for some reason I was checking up on the disc and some people would say it doesn't have subtitles when this comes up. Now, maybe it would have come up if I'd pressed subtitle, but I didn't think of that. So I thought that, you know, subtitles weren't coming up because it was showing you how they communicate anyway without understanding one another. And I was happy to go along with it. I'm like, I don't understand uh, what Raymond's saying, but I get the gist that this is how their friendship is moving. 
So I didn't mind, but that's a little bit annoying. So for me, in the UK, I just picked up the Studio Canal Blu-ray. So I don't know if that's a disc authoring problem or if they've made that choice. And if you want to, you can pick subtitles. So I'm just mentioning that for people in the UK who might have picked up the disc. I saw in the theater and I don't remember. I think it was subtitled, though. Yeah. Uh, interesting. I mean, I could have watched it on Criterion as well, but I was like, yeah, break the disc out. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, but if they have it on Criterion, then that's... I, I think either way is actually a choice that works, uh, funnily enough. So maybe it's a deliberate choice on the disc. And as I say, maybe there's a way to bring it up as an option or just put subtitles on temporarily and it might come up with what he's saying. So I just had to ask you guys because uh, I'd forgotten to check on that. Uh, yeah, this was my first time viewing. I'd heard the reputation of this film for years and bought it a little while ago. So I was waiting to pick it for the podcast. When it comes to Jim Jarmusch, I like most of the films I've seen from him, but I feel like I feel like when you know there was a time when I'd seen a few Spike Lee films, but one of my favourites was Inside Man, which is arguably one of the whitest Spike Lee films. Or arguably. I mean, the only All one right, that's it's, whiter it's, might be, yeah. you know, Son of Sam. <laughs> right. And I'd seen that one as well, yeah. So until I'd waded further into the waters of Spike Lee's filmography, I could start to fully appreciate more. Well, with Jarmusch, I've seen um, Broken Flowers, which I really liked. Only Lovers Left Alive, which I really liked, and Patterson, which I really, really liked. And I've seen The Dead Don't Die, which Tyler dislikes, and I actually dislike as well. I'm Team Tyler on that one. Yeah, um, I I am also Team Tyler on that one. I quite dislike it, but um, I I think I need to rewatch it because I can't even recall if I made it all the way to the end without falling asleep. So it feels like I've just seen his more recent stuff and I know that people like a lot of his earlier stuff. Uh, there's Coffee and Cigarettes, Night on Earth, Mystery Train, Dead Man, stuff like that. So Ghost Dog is kind of a, a midpoint and I thought it was awesome. Um... Yeah, I, I think it's a, a great melding of the material and and the star. Like, this is, I mean, this is easily one of Forrest Whitaker's best roles. And I can't think of an R film that has him just used so well for so much of the runtime. I think he's superb in it. I, I know it seems silly, but I even love the little gun move when he reholsters it. The, the sort of the like the sword swish. The, the sword, yeah, the clearing the blade, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just love that. Like that is how easily pleased I was watching this film. He does that about two or three times, quite notably on screen, and every time I was like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I really like John Tormey as Louis, the sort of main gangster who has a 
relationship with this guy because he's hired him for jobs. I love the scenes where, uh, particularly the scene where he's explaining to the others how this relationship has come about and how they contact one another. I think that's brilliant. Henry Silva's in there. Uh, he's always worth looking out for. And he's uh, quite fun in this role. It's bizarre. I thought they'd just given Forrest Whitaker a haircut and dressed him up different for a flashback scene. I had no idea his... It's um, his kid. Yeah, I had no idea his kid would look that much like him. Um, in fact, I don't think I even knew he had a kid who was an actor um, before before looking up more info on this film when I'd seen that scene. Uh, so that was great. And yeah, the soundtrack's good. Um, all of the supporting players are good, whether they are comedy mobsters or the uh, little girl he talks to about the books and uh, sort of befriends near the ice cream van. I just... I was expecting to like this because of the amount of people who have praised this over the years and who've always sort of highlighted it as as just a great uh, Germish film and a great film for Forrest Whitaker. And I'm pleased to say it, it probably went above my expectations. I mean, I just cleared everything out and had some quality cinema room time with this. I was glad I did. Yeah, soundtrack's great. Um, not only is the soundtrack great, but the... Sorry? I thought you were going to say something. No, I think Tyler just actually hit his mute. Oh, sorry. <laughs> did I? I? If I did, I didn't mean to. But... I know, or maybe somebody sneezed. <laughs> I don't know. Um, not only is the soundtrack great, but it's it's got some... Uh, surprising moments in terms of either what's being played or what characters are playing or singing along to tunes and and I was really surprised at how good the actual action beats were or the kills and, and how well they were done uh, felt inventive enough Fell uh, in line with the central character. Just all felt really well put together, really slick, really nice, but with this uh, quirkiness at the heart of it, which you know, I suppose you could say is you know quintessential, quintessentially Jim Jarmusch. But uh, yeah, I I loved this. I know there was something I wanted to say. And I've forgotten it, so ah, damn it! It's oh, it's I'm sorry. Forrest is his is the brother, not not son. His his kids are younger than that. I I, I don't know why. I, but yeah, brother. Oh, is it? Uh, um, is Damon? Isn't it Damon Whitaker? Uh, yeah. I I made the mistake of just assuming that was his son because yeah, it's I only saw supposed it to be same, eight years, so name. you know his kids wouldn't be nearly close enough in age for that. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. the The kills were better than I expected. The general relationships shown throughout the film 
were better than I expected. The humour was better than I expected. Like I, I probably didn't expect this to really be as as humorous as it is. I thought it was very much, you know, I mean, the title is Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. I thought that was it. We're with that character. He's focused on that path. That's where our headspace is staying. But uh, with the, the mobster stuff and even the moment where he shoots someone and then later shoots him again <laughs> in the same spot, like, it's it's really funny. But as it's all building towards uh, something that you're you're kind of expecting and and feels uh i don't know it feels like it still feels really kind of sweet and nice but this is a finale of a hitman movie so you know that more bullets are going to be flying around and there will be danger i loved it It's that time. It's time to pick one. Uh, I mean, I know how this is going to go, but, you know. For me, it's Ghost Dog. For Kevin, it's Ghost Dog. Mm-hmm. For Tyler, it's Ghost Dog. Oh, yeah. damn. So weird. Look at that. Okay, that was unexpected. I did not expect that. So you got full of surprises. I thought it might be Damn. tempted, but uh, I wasn't. I wasn't entirely sure. Full of surprises, like because uh, Craig isn't with us this evening. Uh, we had to reach out to uh, someone else connected with the show to uh, take his pick, which Tyler is holding on for us. So, uh, T. What? So uh, yeah, my my uh, my dad got the pick. And um, he is going with Gunpowder Milkshake, which I think is a Netflix original, if I'm not mistaken. It is, yeah. Well, I've not seen it. I don't know if he has either. So I think he just picked it because it's a Netflix movie. So, All right. I am going uh, for something older. I'm going with the 1959, uh, I guess that would be an early neo-noir, Sapphire. Because um, it's November, so I'm going to be milking my Criterion subscription. Yay. Sapphire. Yeah, 1959. Unless I'm... Oh. Yeah, I know. Classy. We're on Instagram, Raiders underscore of underscore the underscore podcast. We're on Facebook, where I sometimes remember to post up on Wednesdays. I remembered this week. Uh, we have a YouTube channel where you can like, subscribe, and comment on Kevin's totally awesome videos weekly. And you can always email us at Raiders of the Podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Go, go watch Ghost Dog. See ya. I got it now. Fake brothers get flipped in my fights, I swing swords and cut clown. Too swift to bite, you record and write it down. I float like blood on the murder scene, like a syringe on some wild outs to insert a thing. But it was your wop the shop, stolen art, catch a swollen heart from not rolling smart. I put mad pressure, phony whack rhymes, you get hurt.
Spray like zodiac signs and sweatshirt. That's minimum.